know I ain't a nice guy and I'll make the hard calls when I need to. Pretty decent money here. Maybe we should step out a weekend or two. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Title 24, presented by NBC Sports. I'm Ricky Carmichael, alongside the man, Ryan Villapoto. Uh, we've got to thank our sponsors, United Motorsports, Boxo USA, and Quad Lot Case. We appreciate you guys. And uh, got a good show on hand today. A lot to talk about uh, the opening race at Paula Fox Raceway this past weekend, Pro Motocross Championship. Before we get to that, RV. Some Memorial Day festivities for myself, Sunday and Monday. Had a good time. I went to a couple barbecues. Um, you were at Pala Saturday, but before you talk, we talk about Pala. Dude, how was your Colorado ride? Tell us some of uh, what was the, the the best day in the saddle. Yeah, no, it was the so gate. We we left out of Gateway, Colorado. Um, so I was there for for two ride days, 90 miles on the, the new R-Max um, side by side. And then the next day was uh, 130 miles on the, on the, uh, the new T Tannery 700 Yamaha 700. So um, it was great, man. I had never, never really been on a real adventure ride like that. Um, and actually been in the saddle for from seven a, or 8 AM till 7 PM with about five camera stops. But we had a, some, some amazing, amazing views and uh, got to ride next to the Colorado River and down into Moab. So, um, you know, all the boys over at Yamaha did a phenomenal job, put us up in a great resort. Food was good. So drinks were flowing. No, it was a phenomenal time. Yeah. Hey, those, those days, like when you're doing a couple hundred miles a day, like adventure riding like that, I like I I think I. I didn't expect them to be that long or feel that long. They, they, they're not always easy fun, but, uh, not easy. Right. No, not easy by, by no means. Like, you know, normally for, I guess for me, what was, was the big thing is, is that dude, I had my knee braces on and my helmet on for like eight hours. And I'm like, dude, normally it's on and off, on and off, you know, <laughs> get, get your, get your motos done and it's over, you know, and you pull off and I had, hadn't shaved and this my beard was was just covered in in dust and it was in your teeth and um but yes it, it was it was it, it it was good a lot of fun but uh it's not for the faint of heart i wouldn't say no no it's not did you um did you guys i mean well first how many of you were in the group like on, on the rides how many of so we you? had quite a, we had quite a few we had uh myself and damon bradshaw uh, Michael Rich from Yamaha, and then we had uh, two camera guys, and I think after that there were six media members oh, wow. um, that was that was with us. So um, you know, along uh, that being said, camera guys always want to get their shots. We got some amazing shots, but as that said, it slows down the day. Like that 130 um, definitely takes a long time, but uh, well worth the shots that we were able to get. It was some beautiful country. You think you could like looking back? Do you think you could have got away with not wearing your? Uh your knee braces dude i don't know like the stuff we were riding um i don't know i'm just a guy. yeah i mean we did a lot of fire roads and you know you get damon out there and he's really accustomed to the t7 he's got he's got tons of hours on the yamaha t the the tannery 700 and um he was just wearing knee pads for me um, I really, I mean, we're hauling, hauling on fire roads, sliding around. Uh, we did some technical section stuff for camera stuff. So right. I don't know. I think I would probably wear my knee braces. Um, uh, I'd opt to wear them, especially with, cause I still have a bad left knee. Yeah. There you go. Well, I didn't realize you. Yeah. That probably a good call for sure. And you never know. And plus a lot of the knee braces are so thin these days. So 
but it's just comfort, man. Like I've spent my whole life in knee braces. So if I'm on a motorcycle, I put them on it unless it's a 110. But if I'm racing a 110, I still wear my knee braces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, definitely that. Definitely that. Well, cool. Um, Hopefully everyone, all of our viewers, listeners had a great Memorial Day. I know I certainly did. Hopefully the weather was good for most people. Uh, But we go into the round 18, the SMX uh, World Championship. Uh, that would be round one of the Pro Motocross Championship again at Pala. And I don't know. I'd love to get hear what you have to say about Jet Lawrence if it was a total surprise. He joins uh, an elite group, the premium class with uh, one of you, one of the guys being yourself, uh, me as well, going 1-1 in his rookie debut. Here you go. We're watching uh, a replay of the starts. Guy was just absolutely crushing it. Uh, I believe that was Moto One. Didn't even look like it was really hard for him. Uh, he got a good lead. Nope, that's Moto Two because Chase is uh, behind him. But uh, yep. nevertheless, I don't, I don't think it was a surprise. You know what his abilities was. We talked about it last week uh, on our show. Uh, what did you see, and what were your thoughts um, after being there live and and and, and witnessing it? Well, you know, I think, like I said, we, we have talked about this and Jet being, honestly, man, um, that first moto was pretty unbelievable. The yeah. the way he was riding, I got to, I rewatched it on TV. He, everything looked like it was coming to, to Jet in slow-mo, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know in the second moto, they had made some bike changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was the wrong direction from what I heard. Right. Um, wait, was this after? It, wait, was this between Moto One and? Yep, after after first Moto, yeah, they made some adjustments for the track for the upcoming conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard uh, didn't clearly look like it was it was um, the right direction, but clearly um, he was able to fend off Chase. It was a lot closer Moto than than Moto One, but still, just I think from his first gate drop on a 450, really in the, in our series, not Motocross the Nations, but this is his first gate drop fending for a championship, a title in the 450 class. Um, dude, there's nothing I can really say that, that, that he's just amazing, honestly. Like, yeah. like Chase rode good in that second moto. I'm not going to take that away from him. But, but as a rookie coming in, the pressure of a 450, the, the pressure of a championship, of a, four, a 450 championship, like, man, he, he – uh, and I know, I know he rides good at Paula, but it was phenomenal. It was amazing to see. You know, uh, some notables uh, that I, I want to mention before, you know, we, we, we go a little more into RV and Sexton. Dude, I, I like what I saw out of Coop. I really did. I mean, you know, coming off that uh, concussion protocol, injury, getting your mind right, not, not, uh, not spending a lot of time on the bike because he was recovering. There you go. This is watching him. I mean, he was just getting hounded by his teammate, Aaron Plessinger there, but, uh, you know, Coop is, he's as cool as a cucumber dude. He doesn't normally break. So he just rides his race and he's an expert at blocking and very intuitive on, you know, knowing where the guy behind him goes. So he's able to shut the door, uh, not in a dirty way, but very, uh, savvy and precise way. But I thought he did good. I thought that, uh, he hung in late in the moto, when I was kind of anticipating him to, to, to fall back a little bit, I thought AP did well. And Dylan Ferrandez, too. Uh, you know, he's somewhat of your, of your teammate on that Monster Energy uh, Star Racing Yamaha and that whole program. 
to come out taking as much time off as he did. I mean, he hasn't raced in a Since while. Daytona, Daytona, right? I think Daytona was his. Daytona. Remember, he got hurt. Well, yeah, he didn't. He didn't race, but that was the last race I think we saw him show up for was Daytona. Yeah, and he took a lot of time off the bike, but those, like a lot of those guys did really, really well. And um, listen, and the and, thing about like what do you like the thing about jet you don't know how hard he was trying that first that first race but it's not like jet put 30 seconds on these guys they were close no they were very close and i do have to make a point i know the tracks track was tracks were a topic for for me and you last weekend or last week um how do we how do we slow these down injuries things like that that was a big topic but so that being said if um for everybody that watched paula um very, I, I could say a very tough, very, very tough track. Um, Paula's one of those things, one of those tracks that you're not going straight for very long. There's lots of, lots of dog legs in it. Um, it was, I would, I kind of watched it as almost looked at it as a European style track, lots of ruts. Um, the track deteriorated as you've seen that guys had yeah. to really be smart. They couldn't just bonsai anything. I mean, there was a couple sections on the track that they could just let her completely hang out, but you're really watching the, the whole track. You, you, these guys had to be pretty precise and yeah. back to how do we keep these guys from getting hurt and, and, and the speeds. I thought the Paula national was, was, uh, was a, was a really good track for, for that. You really had to be stay on your toes. You had to pick good line choices and the track, you just, like I said, you just couldn't hammer the track. You had to, you had to ride the track smart. Um, you had to have a good setup on oh. the track because it was, it was, uh, it was very physically demanding. Yeah. Um, we got some great questions today from our fans, man. You, so, uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit and it'll answer some of, uh, the analysis I feel that RV and I will have on the jet and, uh, on, on the jet and chase battles and what, what's, how's it going to go down later on. So I'll save that. But yeah, to your point, yeah, I thought that track was was good. You, they had to be very, very precise. And you watch, mm. that was what was so cool about the second motos was watching it on Peacock, even this morning, kind of playing it back, watching that second moto. And yeah, you had to be so precise. And like you were talking about riding on the foot pegs and, and, and standing up, having good balance, picking the right lines, you couldn't override it. And if you did, it'd be bad. Uh, so overall, I think like, to what we talked about last week, it slowed it down. Of course, there were some fast sections. It was going to be on all the tracks, but it wasn't mm. like wide open everywhere. That was, yeah. You're, it, and I think you really had to plan your passes. Like if you were any bit close to a rider speed-wise, um, being that the track is a little bit one line, which we hear a lot of, um, sometimes we hear um, in our press conferences, like, hey, the track's one line, one line, one line. But there's there you know like I said I, I'm gonna reference Europe a lot. There's a ton of tracks over there that are very where the where the, that are very one line. It just makes you have to be a smarter racer. You have to really plan your passes out and and uh, man, you got to be tough because you're gonna have to eat roost while you're planning those passes out. So I think it was a good racetrack. Yeah, no doubt. Um, moving along to the to the 250. Um, in my opinion, listen, I well first of all, I didn't know that uh, that hunter was injured so you know maybe it wasn't his true potential and what he's really got in the bag i think we'll have to wait till a later date on that i need to do my homework talk to some of his people and see uh see where he's at but nevertheless he got a um, he got a great start and i want to leave the rest up to you uh i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about danger boy a little bit here listen i i feel like 
you know, he is in the position that you or I were in RV in our, in our first rookie season. Did people think we could win? Yeah, I think that they did, but did they think that we were a threat? I mean, I knew you were a threat your rookie year just because, you know, I had been through it, but people do that haven't raced, dude, I'm, I, I, if I'm Hunter Lawrence, I better keep my eye on Danger Boy, dude, because I only think he's going to get better. I agree with you. Um, I do have to agree with you. I think that um, after watching the first two motos there at Paula, um, mm. Danger Boy has kind of inserted himself as as a, a top three guy um, mm. with a good start. I know he had a fall in uh, Moto 1, was still able to come back up. Uh, and make some good passes, put himself up, and he ended up with second overall in the podium. So we're watching a replay right now for the ones that are going to watch on YouTube. Um, I think that's – is that, is that Tom Biel or Max Bolin, one of the two. Somebody on a KTM there. Yeah, um, two, but I, I, I think, um, you know, Dangerous Boy, Danger Boy is going to have to uh, focus on himself and then if like Hunter with a bad start first moto, right? It put him – Put him in the in around tenth lap one, and being that the track, like I said, was a little bit more one lined and a little yeah. hard to pass on, he had to very consciously and very and and, my, and make mindful passes and and work his way up to the front. So scenarios like that, I think, is where where um, Deegan can reap the benefits of you know because I don't I, Hunter's a great starter, but he's but he's not as I, I don't think he's as good as Jet sometimes on the line. Um, so putting himself in a good position is going to be key because you're going to have these guys and and, and uh, Deegan coming for him, right? Like I, I think you're right. Then, I think people need you to watch think, Let me ask you this. So we'll role play here. Do you think that Deegan – how much do you think that uh, Deegan can learn from Hunter? And if, say, say Hunter keeps getting a good start and beating him, like how, how fast – and do you think that he can learn from Hunter? you think he'll be able to raise the, raise the game? Honestly, I think that uh, that Hayden's going to be able to learn learn really quickly. I think he the the thing about Hayden that I watch is he's not afraid to to let it hang out when when needed be need when need be, but also to yeah. his just average pace, his average riding, what he what he's doing. He he when he sees an opening on a rider, he he doesn't second guess or think about it. It's there's an opening and he takes the pass. He takes the move, and I think that's. That's what um, I think. Where why why he is so successful out there with with moving through the pack is he's he's not worried about what guys in front of him, what number, who it is, RJ Hampshire that's been in the class for a while, or any of these bigger names. Um, he considers himself one of those big big names now, and is is taking and is taking the moves when he when he sees them. I think another guy, and this is just listen. I still need I still need like another two two, three races, I think, RV to start tagging dudes is like, hey, this is the guy to beat right now. But uh, RJ did awesome. I think, I mean, he's always made some small mistakes along the way. As you know, I hate mentioning that just because I know how hard he tries, but you know better than anyone. And this is, uh, we're watching a replay, I believe that's, he's in front of Joe Shimoda there. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he he's riding well, but it's always like, He's not anticipating, it seems like to me, he's overriding right here. He falls in a little tight right-hand corner. He's able to get up and doesn't even get passed by Joe. But I, I just feel like if I was advising him to like try to anticipate, hey, or don't trust that front end as much coming in the corners or whatever. There's two 
uh, crashes that he had in that second moto where he lost his front end. And we're going to mm. watch it here. This is a second corner. And this is easy to, for, for this can happen to anybody. He's balled up right there. Looks like he goes from one rut to another and just probably loses his front end. But I think if he can eliminate that, if he could work on that and just be more aware, I think he has a shot at this championship. He does. I, I, I do agree with you on some degree, um, but, but also too. But the big, the big question, the, the, the big thing is the but side of it is you go from a first place uh, Moto 1, a phenomenal ride by yeah. RJ. And, and then, yes, we had, we had some crashes. And those are the, in the second Moto, not one, not two, three, right? So in a scenario like that, racing guys like, like Hayden, like Hunter, especially – um, you cannot afford, I mean, okay. One tip over, you come back, you get a third or fourth, fifth, but man, one, I think it was one eleven. Um, that's going to be a hard feat to win a championship when you're, when you go out and your first moto is a first and the second moto is an 11th, like that's a huge right. point spread. So to your point, yeah, you're going to have, he's going to have to settle down. Um, I guess, fig, you know, not push it as much because I think he, he is at his, his, his 95% speed will put him it might not win win it but it, it the race but i think it, it puts him up in the second third position and fourth position and that's where he's going to need to be he's gonna two motos a day you've got to stay consistent you can't have yeah. a one one a first and an 11 yeah totally hey uh i gotta give you some massive credit you were right about uh uh maximus bolin he was riding really well he was riding re really well do you anticipate him to ride just as well the rest of the series or I anticipate him to ride. I knew he was going to ride well at Paula and he did the first moto. Second moto was, was okay. Um, I think he had a little bit of a mishap in that second moto too. I yeah. think uh, Paula, he rode well, Hangtown. He's also going to ride well. Um, those are the ones that I can, that I can sit here and say, I don't know if you can guarantee, but those are the ones that I know he's going to do well at. Um, and then as we go East, Colorado, a little more kind of like Hangtown. So, but then once we get East coast, you know, high point, um, Unadilla, all the, all the other style of tracks, um, that's where I'm going to be looking for Max to be, to be better, um, or to be more where he's at at Paula and Hangtown in Colorado, because those West coast dirt, West coast tracks, um, they develop a bit different than the East coast outdoor tracks. And, um, you know, I, we know he's familiar with that. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can, if he can keep doing what he's doing in these first three races. Once we head East. Another thing. Um, I mean, you, like I said, you were there and just like from watching it on Peacock and, and what I can tell. So we talk about, we talked about Hunter, we talked about danger boy and we talked, we talked about RJ. Um, there's other guys up there too, that I feel are going to be, are going to do really well. And, and from basically third on to, I would say, eighth. So you got Volan, Ryder D, Joe, Justin Cooper. I mean, those there's other guys that, that are there that I think if you watch that, it's going to be like musical chairs. And I really feel like it's going to be start dependent for a lot of those guys right now, early on, um, because they're so similar in speeds. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. So like going to Hangtown, I'm like, okay, so you take Ryder D, he gets a, say he gets the whole shot. He's one of those guys that has fifth, you know, third to fifth place speed. But if he gets, yep. he loses that back position. Now that's what I'm seeing all those guys. 
I agree. I said uh, watching the the motos in the in the lights class, like man, first through twelve, yeah, I think. yeah, 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 yeah. I think first through eleventh or something were yeah. all factory bikes. There's eleven guys out there that were all on factory mm -hmm. bikes. So mm -hmm. looking at it, you know, it's like it's um, it's definitely a dogfight. You know, it's it's probably one of the more exciting, uh, even over the 450, just because it's it's. It's, I think, so deep with the, these guys, and they're so close to your point. Is it's not like we have any real separation from these mm -hmm. guys. And maybe, maybe Hunter, if he if he's going to be the separating guy from second, but from second to mm -hmm. 11, 12, man, those mm -hmm. are all factory guys. And I was sitting in a mechanics area, man, watching down there, and it's like you'd watch first place come by, you'd watch second come by. Okay, a little bit of a gap, and then from second to 11th or 12th, it was like it was just like. Uh, nascar track every, i mean every time you turn around your head's whipping by mechanics there because that's how that's how close those riders were so it's going to be a yeah really going to come down to starts yeah um it you is. know and putting yourself in good track position because dude, these guys are are all going for it for 30 minutes yeah, yeah and i think like some and, and before we get do we have a ton of questions that i want to talk about and the reason i don't want to spend too much time on the 250 and 450 just because a lot of these we have some great questions this week uh, and it, yeah, it's going to, it's going to present, uh, to give our analysis on, on what's going down in this stuff. But, you know, like people, I saw a little bit of chatter about, oh, it's going to be a boring season, blah, blah, blah. But it's not the people that you just talked about that, that third to, to 11th is so tight. So for me <laughs> as a fan, when I'm not there, you know, doing, doing the broadcast, it's fun to watch because I love seeing some of these younger guys, um, try to try to beat the older guys and, and progress. I love watching those guys get better and better and, and watch their confidence rise. And, and, and maybe if they made a mistake one weekend, they, they fixed it for the following weekend. So th there's a lot to look forward to. There really is both in, in, in both classes, dude. There is no. And I think, you know, we're still leaving out like Jeremy Martin had two um, horrible yeah. motos. Uh, so throw him in there. March banks, probably once we get East coast, once he gets the suit right. underneath him, he can throw it in too. Um, I think one of the Husky riders was a swole or mm. Hawkins ended up on the side of the track with, you know, holding his yep. elbow. So there's another factory rider that mm -hmm. is, that is out or not out, but was out of Paula, let's say. Um, so we're, yeah, we're I mean, still just, missing three or four guys that are, yeah, you know, they're capable. Yeah, when do, I mean, we got guys like Forkner still bench. Maybe he'll be coming yeah. back. Hopefully, that'd be great. He's always fun to fun Hammaker. to watch. And, yeah, Hammaker. Yeah. So yeah. we still have some guys that that the, the field for the lights class is even going to get deeper once we get all of our all of our guys on the line. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, over the weekend, I was uh, I was online checking out our partners at uh, United Motorsports. I was talking with uh, Ray Butts uh, over there as well, and uh, uh, man, they got a great uh, great website. Remember, uh, if you want ten percent off, uh, it's site wide. The promo code is Title Twenty Four. Um, so hit that promo code. Yeah, to get you ten percent off. Like again, it's site wide, and it's UnitedMotorsports.com. Of course, uh, Quad Lock Case. Uh, quadlockcase.com as well. Check them out. Great company. Uh, young group of guys that are, are running the show over there. Great Aussie guys. And uh, they got some uh, really cool stuff. Check out their new uh, magnet um, car, their car mount. Pretty cool. And it uh, charges too, I believe. So uh, that's awesome. And of course, Boxo USA. My internet went out, uh, of course, on a holiday weekend. 
my, wife and I, <laughs> my wife and I were watching, started a new series and um, we get like two episodes in and the, the internet just goes down. So I had to go. What's out the series? The I'm always looking for a show to watch. What's the new series? Yeah. Um, Goliath. Have you seen Goliath? Okay. Yeah, it's on a competitor streaming network. We're not going to talk okay. about that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty good. But uh, so get over to uh, boxousa.com. Um, they uh, the, the organization and their boxes are unbelievable. They make a great product. And again, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the first couple episodes. Their warranty, it's lifetime warranty. All you got to do is uh, take a picture, send it back, and they will uh, send you a new tool. So. Uh, Check uh, partners out. We appreciate you guys for uh, jumping on and enjoying the ride. Anyone else that wants to be a partner in Title 24, just slide into the DM. Uh, that leads us to the quad lock question of the week. And uh, it comes from Christian uh, Ritter. And she says, I believe it's Christian. If not, I'm sorry. So Christian says, are you surprised by Deegan's performance? Um, and the reason that I I picked this as as the winner, and you know what to do, Christian. Slide into the DM. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you guys all set up and, and lined up with. Um, we'll get you lined up with uh, Quadlock and, and take care of you. But so for me, um, the reason that this is the winner is because we can elaborate on it. No, I'm not surprised. The reason is because we talked about it a little bit. Earlier on in the show today, uh, when I see him, I think of myself, I think of URV, guys that have come up and just they find a way to get the job done uh, through the Supercross season this year uh, when he made mistakes. Rarely did he make the same mistakes twice. Um, I've seen him out at the star facility a couple times and he's out there putting in the work. I mean, everybody is working hard um, that I think that was Justin. No, that's Deegan right there. Deegan was showing uh, Deegan. Yeah, he actually caught um, he caught uh, uh, Reynolds' foot with his front wheel. And just popped it out of the rut. I need mean, oh, there you go. For some reason, I thought that was Cooper. But the reason that um, uh, I'm not surprised is because of what I just said. I, I've I've watched it all Supercross season. Yeah, he didn't get a win, but he ran up front and he made the adjustments. Since it's so hard to do that for a guy who's so much hype around him. For him to be able to manage that off the track and then still go out and answer the bell on the track, that's pretty that, that's pretty impressive uh, to do. It's really hard to do. RV could tell you, I can tell you, and to have that much outside noise and not let it affect you, uh, this guy has a really, really bright future. I put him alongside of the guys like Jet Lawrence, Chase Sexton, that younger generation that just does certain things on the motorcycle. So... Great question, Christian. We appreciate uh, you being a loyal listener uh, and, and viewer. What do you think uh, about that? Are you surprised in the performance, RV? I'm not. I'm not. No, Hayden's been riding good all year. And uh, even last year, you know, uh, as, a, as a real true rookie this year, um, you know, he got, he got his feet wet last year in some outdoors, um, showed that he had the speed. I think that clicked in his brain that he, that he's one of the guys, right? And Went to work off season and, you know, showed up with no rock unturned. You know, I think he, yeah. he rode supercross phenomenal, uh, made really like, like you said, made a few mistakes, but didn't make them again, really. Um, and just kept building on that. And, and honestly, I think he's just, he's a mentally, he's a good racer too. Um, 
watching him race, he makes good decisions. Um, it seems he doesn't rush his decisions um, very quick either, like you would expect a rookie. Um, you know, so I, I think the future is, is, is pretty bright for, or is very bright for, for Hayden. Um, you know, the teams, like you said, working very hard, seems like the bike's working really well for him. And honestly, um, you know, he's probably one of the fitter guys on star right now. So watching him 15, 20, 25 minute mark, the kid's still going for it. Right. So, um, that's what you kind of need in that, in that 250 class, especially your first year is, is to is to have that dig, have that grit, and and uh, and just keep pushing to that finish line because a lot of these guys just start to kind of waver a little bit towards the end, and you know you can make some you know passes towards the ends of the motos, and that's what I that's what I that's what I saw. You know he had a couple mistakes, um, fell over, but just kept pushing and put himself up in a, into a, into a two moto, two great moto finishes for for second overall. Got it. Yep. Good stuff, Christian. Uh, appreciate the question. You are the quad lot question of the week winner. Like I said, uh, get over, uh, into our DMS at title 24 and we will forward you on to the crew at quad lot case and they will get you dialed. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, next question. And this, I've seen this person, uh, I, this, this person might've had a, a quad lot question of the week in the past RV. It's uh, N underscore J underscore P. And this question, I want to, I want your um, analysis on this and opinion on this. Um, he says, Jet looked cooked at the end of Moto 2. Do you think this be, this will be an issue over the season? Take it away. Uh, okay. So, okay. First Moto, our first, first real two Motos, 450 class. Um, gnarly track. It wasn't very hot out. I think it was like 75 degrees. So it was good temperature. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him not to be a little bit cooked after his first real two motos, an hour break in between, um, you know, in between motos. Uh, we were watching second moto here with Chase, um, you know, chasing down, trying to chase down um, Jet and, and they stayed pretty close the rest of the, this whole moto. But um, I, no, I don't, I don't, that doesn't concern me at all from Jet. You know, I think, uh, like I said before, when we started the show, um, I, I heard they made some, some uh, spec changes for Moto2 and maybe not the, in the right direction. And he was still able to manage it, right? So I think uh, on a very tough condition, tough track. Oh, little mistake right there by Jet. And uh, they're pushing the limits there. Um, you know, definitely, you can see a different moto we're watching right now. That the, the replay that we were just watching a different yeah. different set of circumstances compared to first moto, right? First moto, yeah. Jet could do no wrong in that first moto. Um, you know, and uh, second moto, a bit closer, but he was still able to to manage it. And like I said, even with a potentially a wrong spec change, a wrong direction, he was able to to manage that moto and still get the get the win. So. Um, you know, I think that that his body is now knows what that feels like. Uh, two motos in the 450 class. Um, you know, I think we might see Jet waver a little bit, but I think with Jet's talent and and the work they put in, that from the outside looking in, we may never see that. So, I, honestly, I don't think that's a big concern. I know the kids fit. The kid rides. To me, the Jet is like he's right. It's matrix form. Everything that's coming towards him while watching him ride is it's almost in slow-mo. I was talking yeah. to Townley. Townley called me yesterday 
FaceTime audio me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we're talking about Jet and uh, Ben was just he like, the it, kid is, he? yeah, he just, the, the kid, he said, Townley said, the kid is just on a different level when it comes mentally and what he sees on the motorcycle compared to most. So um, I don't think that's going to be a concern, to be honest. There you go. Perfect. All right. Um, I'll answer this next one. Uh, it's from Swartz 104. Uh, Swartz 104 asks, honest thoughts on rider, uh, rider future in racing. No nice guy crap. So I guess you're talking about Ryder DeFrancisco. And I know I, no, I read that. I read that one. I didn't understand that one either. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I'll, I'll take this one. And I, I, I like what, um, I like what Ryder brings to the table. Um, mm -hmm. he's had a little slow of a start, I will say, but I do feel he's had so much success throughout his career. I feel once he gets his feet underneath him, uh, in the pro ranks, and runs up front week in and week out. I believe he is one of the younger kids coming up, young riders coming up. He has the ability to adapt and be a front runner all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm not, listen, everyone tuning in to Title 24 listens to RV and I and who watch uh, Monster Energy Supercross, you know I ain't no nice guy and I'll make the hard calls when I need to. Um, I, I've, I will say I've, expect, I've expected a little more um, but I also don't know the whole backstory. I don't know him like if he's been injury struck or whatever, but I still believe in the kid. I think he has a great future. He's young too, everybody. He's not, you know, he's not 25 years old. He's a young kid. He's also growing a lot. He was very, very small throughout his, his career. We look about a guy like AC, his whole career, he was small. In the last four years, he's just rocketed up. <laughs> Imagine learning to ride a motorcycle or do anything at what I'm five, six, five, seven, five, seven and a half when I've been drinking, um, <laughs> five, seven and a half when I've been drinking, but, um, That's right. he, you know, he's going through, he's going through a phase and, and it's hard, you know, to, to, to when you've been knocked down, it's hard to get back going. So I think he'll get, I think he'll, he'll be here for a while. I think he's got a promising career for sure. Uh, he just needs to, he just needs to get more races under his belt. He just has so much, uh, experience. So that's what I think. I, I, th I, I think so too. I think, um, you know, uh, Ryder ran up front around four through six there for 12 to 14 minutes. The other person we haven't mentioned is Chance Hymas around that same, you know, uh, came up the same as an amateur, yeah. um, yeah. you know, Chance ran, ran up front too for a bit. Uh, you know, Look, we're not all not none of not all of these kids are going to be jets or let's let's put Hayden in that category now, yeah. um, where they just come out and establish them, themselves very quick. Like uh, we have to talk about a little bit about like you know how long has RJ been in the class? Some of the Justin Cooper, like a yeah. lot of these guys have been in the class for a long, long time, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I think that like guys like Chance Hymas, Ryder, like. Okay, yeah, you could say it was a little bit of a slow start. We've seen some very positive things out of both those those young riders, and uh, like I said, wait till they get their feet underneath of them, um, right? You know, and I, I think, like I said, not everybody can be a, a, a jet or let's call it Hayden, like I said, uh, where they just comes out and everything clicks right away, right? So um, mm -hmm. they're racing some veteran guys out, a lot of veteran guys out there, and 
you know, I think what you can look at it from, from a fan's perspective is, is to see, can they run the pace for the first 12, 15 minutes and chance and Ryder both did that. So now um, on a very technical, tough track. So I think um, let's say we, we go to a race Hangtown or Colorado or any one of these other nationals and they're feeling 100%, everything's on, everything's clicking for both of them. Nothing can go wrong with the motorcycle, meaning like they're, they're just, it handles, they think it handles great that day. And you're going to have days like that. I think you put both of those kids up inside the top, you know, four through eight, yeah, uh, totally. both motos. Um, totally. And then those are totally. great things to build off of after that confidence wise. Yeah, no doubt. Um, dude, uh, Jeff Stanton's son, Torin, he chimes in and he's a uh, good question. Uh he says, he asks, what are some of the toughest obstacles transitioning from supercross to motocross? And for me, I wouldn't say RV that transition from supercross to motocross, it wasn't necessarily the obstacles, but it was the speed and mm -hmm. not having to be so precise. Right. I feel like in supercross, obviously the mile per hour is a lot slower. You have to, there's a little bit more precision, much harder to hang it out. And if you do, you don't get away with it quite as often. That was always the biggest thing that I noticed, like going from supercross to motocross and testing like in between supercross and motocross. So uh, like for you, was there a certain obstacle? I would say certain, uh, I, I agree with that. Speeds are so much higher. So things are coming at you a lot quicker. So you're got to get your eyes to, to bounce and focus different points on the track a lot quicker than you do supercross. Um, yeah. And then also to getting your body um, uh, used to the, the really kind of the hard hits, the, the a lot yeah. of the acceleration bump, you know, acceleration bumps and the way the tracks develop, like, um, you know, you'll probably find that after Paula, a lot of these guys are like, man, I haven't felt like this in, in a long time. And then <laughs> you get two or three races in and, and on Sunday or Monday, when you wake up, you're like, okay, now I feel more like myself. But after fa after Paula, um, you're like, man, I, have I been training? You know, like, you're like, man, I'm sore. There's parts of my body that, that haven't been sore in a long time. Um, and I think that just, those are the things you got to get used to along with bike setup. Like, a lot of these guys like with our racing we don't have a ton of as you know we don't have a ton of of, of testing time so um a lot of these guys they're going to use the first two three rounds up until this the first break um evaluating and figuring it out what they need to change and then they'll go into that off weekend and probably really dive into some testing the ones that need to um yep. But yeah, I agree. The speed's coming at you and getting your body used to uh, just the wear and tear that outdoors puts on it. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, we had a ton of great questions. And that's why I wanted to save some of the questions. Uh, we didn't talk as much as probably we wanted to on the 250 and 450 about Paula, just because there was some, some really good insight there from our viewers and listeners. So thank you for all the support, everybody. That's, that was really good stuff. And of course, quad lock question of the week. That is every week. Um, shifting gears, uh, do a little deep dive into the, uh, SMX purse payout. And I, and I want to mention to everyone what a great opportunity it is from the 11th to 22nd place. And, and, and here you go. So you know, some of these guys from 11th to 22nd, I mean, 50, 50 grand, if you finish, um, 11th, 25,000, if you, if you're 22nd in the SMX world championship. Uh, at the end of it all, after those three playoff rounds, and RV, I think that's a that's a great opportunity uh, for a lot of the guys that, uh, especially the 
privateers that aren't getting monthly checks from mm. uh, manufacturers. And you can see right there, there's the, uh, there's the SMX World Championship points as they run right now in the 450 class. So if you're outside the top 20, you are looking out. So Justin Starling, he is seated as it runs right now. Benny Bloss is one position out. Jet Lawrence, he is out of the top 20. However, uh, with the win in the 450 class, he is now seated. So uh, what do you um, like? Uh, what, what do you think of that payout, big dog? Uh Man, I, I, you know, we kind of, we were speaking about this before the show kicked off and, you know, I'm looking at, at, uh, at eighth place, let's say, you know, we like Kevin Morans, that's, uh, we've seen him super cross and, you know, I think a couple of best finish around 10th, 9th, 10th, 11th. Um, and I'm looking here at eighth overall here for a hundred grand, um, ninth yeah. overall for, for 90,000. Um, so and, and and back to your point, back to twenty second is twenty five thousand, which is which is phenomenal for those privateers. But the guys that are actually, you know, I, that I really see, I mean, they all reap the benefits. Don't get me wrong, but like the guys that are that are just on that cusp of top ten, eleventh, twelfth, right there, like yeah. they're able to make some pretty decent money here. Um, yeah. Like I said, ninth, uh, eighth place, a hundred grand, seventh place, one hundred and twenty. Like those are those are some really nice numbers. I think uh, yeah. maybe see, we should step out step out a weekend or two. Yeah, right. So you look at <laughs> we're looking at you guys. We're looking at the points right now for the people watching on YouTube. You can see what we're talking about, but for our listeners on the podcast, we're seeing uh, top twenty four in the four fifty class, and of course, like I said, uh, Jed is twenty fifth right now. Now keep in mind. Jet has said that he is uh, going to do the 450 in the SMX playoff rounds, the 450. That's right. So um, what's, what's going to be tough for Jet because he does, he's not going to be able to accumulate probably as many points as say a guy like Cooper Webb, Eli Tomat or Chase Sexton for that matter. Maybe, maybe, maybe Adam Cianciarulo. So he'll go into that first playoff round, maybe what seated fifth or so at, at at best. So that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the negative for him, you know, doing 250 and then racing 450 now completely his, his 250 career is done. Uh, he'll have a little bit of work to do uh, to make up some points, especially on a guy like, like Chase Sexton or Justin Barsha. Uh, you think about only three rounds, there's a lot of work to be done in a short amount of time, but that's what makes it fun. And if there's anybody up for the challenge, I feel it's a guy like uh, a guy like Jet, right? I agree. I think that uh, you know, after just watching uh, Paula and like like I said before, watching Jet ride, I think there's a there's 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 only upside coming um, for the rest of the season. And um, you know, ultimately, I think his his main goal because of the situation, because of riding Supercross uh, the first part of the season, and now switching to 450 that I think his ultimate goal is to, to, to wrap up his first 450 outdoor championship. Now, if he can secure the SMX championship also, which will be a, definitely a, a, a harder thing to achieve because of the point situation and because of riding supercross and lights class. Um, I mean, he's going to give us, give himself the best opportunity to do that. But I think right. goal number one to the box to check is the 450 championship outdoors. And then, He'll be starting Supercross next year on the 450 and yep. working his way in for if it's let's say he doesn't win the SMX championship, um, that'll be the next box to check. 
Um, you know, I think from just, I'm going to just say it on my part, like the SMX championships is, is a, is a great platform. It's, it's an amazing payout. Um, I think it keeps the fans really engaged, um, into what they're watching. But I think from jet, just jets mentality, what he should, I mean, for me, what I would be thinking about is knocking down that first championship, which would be outdoors. That's, that's super very achievable right now because he's not in a, at a deficit of points for, for that championship. And I think that's what we, we see him pushing for. Um, and if he can end up winning the SMX world championship, then check that. Yeah, box it, is, it is the uh, pinnacle of uh dirt bike racing is the championship uh it is the pinnacle championship in my mind 100 percent hands down no question both disciplines supercross motocross and of course being the supercross motocross combined courses it's going to be absolutely epic at charlotte and um and where is it uh chicago so it's a uh, it's good stuff i think that uh you know lee diffie said something to me um, it might have been in East Rutherford RV, but he's like, you know, we didn't realize what what the playoff and the point situation looked like early on in the year. But as the 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 Supercross season started to wind down, you started seeing guys like Justin Starling, Kevin Moran's like the points meant something to them. And then now you take a guy like Chase Sexton, where dude, it's going to be really good for him and really important for him to continue to do well in this Pro Motocross Championship to go into those three playoff rounds with a little points gap. And now you're starting to see all of that come to fruition. And anytime that there is a change in, in all sports, I, I'll use NASCAR for an example. Like everyone wanted to hate on the race for the, the next tail cut back in the day when they first started it. Now, now everyone loves it. It's all geared mm -hmm. around comes down to the championship, you know, it comes down to the playoffs, playoffs. Now important it is how highly seated they want to get and go into the playoffs, dude. It's we're starting to see, it's like, Oh, this works, you know, it keeps everybody accountable, right? Like yeah. we, we know that the, the factory guys, all the factory guys are held accountable by obviously the factories, you know, Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, gas, gas, all, all the manufacturers, they hold those guys accountable because yep. they put them, they, they all think they have the best motorcycle. That's why they've, put chase on a honda that's why they put you know these guys in the position that's why they hired those people for that for that ride mm -hmm. but now you have the guys that say um that are not on a factory like you said that re these points are really beneficial to them remember right. if it's the payout great if that's what they're if that's what they motivates them that's totally fine too but it keeps them number one fighting instead of just um i fell in the first turn um run around in 22nd i'm just gonna pull off and yep. I'll, I'll i'll hit moto too um you know now i think it holds all of everybody on the line accountable for getting back out there or you know fighting through whatever struggle they're struggling with and to to achieve um the highest position going into the smx rounds points wise so that they have the give themselves the best shot at, at this big purse payout yeah yeah and those guys didn't you know some of the guys from 10th on back didn't realize uh, how much money was on the line. Now they know. So hopefully they're, uh, they're stoked for it. Uh, the playoff points reset for SMX playoffs uh, starting in Charlotte. So first overall starts with 25 points. Second has 22 points, third 20, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's uh, one of the big reasons that Cooper Webb came back. And there you go. You can see that, it, that it's working. So good stuff. Um, I'm pumped for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's no doubt. Uh, but Let's do a little promo. We're going to do promo for this week. A lot happening. 
uh, quick rundown of motorsports on uh, on this week on NBC. SMX Insider with Weege and JT comes out Thursday at 12 or 2 p.m. on YouTube. That's two. Uh, Saturday, round two of Pro Motocross starts at 1 p.m. Eastern with Race Day Live. Then Racing from Hangtown gets going at 4, 4 Eastern, uh, 1 o'clock uh, Pacific. Both are on Peacock with post-race shows later on YouTube. For that, though, check out IMSA's Detroit Grand Prix at 3 on USA. Then on Sunday, the NTT IndyCar Series is back after that wild Indy 500, but this time racing in the streets of Detroit and Bud. Did you have a chance to see the uh, Indy 500? It was, it was. I, yes. So I think I caught, I didn't start the whole race, but I caught, I mean, there was, by the way, there was a lot of racing this weekend. Um, yeah. It's a Coca-Cola. What was it? Coca-Cola. Yeah. The 600. Or 600. Yeah. And then uh, IndyCar. Um, but Did yes, I was that? able to watch. Did you see tire? that? Tire? Did you see that? Yeah. Dude. Um, uh, like, I don't know if we're even allowed to talk about that. But. I don't, well, I can tell you that uh, that uh, what those fans were being looked over above because, man, if that tire would have went into the stands, it would have been really catastrophic. You know, like that, that doesn't happen very often. You know, no. it just. Yeah, that, that's um, what that, that gnarly catch fence for is like, yeah, to your, to your point, there was some, there was a higher power. That was divine intervention is what that was. It How, was. And I, um, I saw that going, like I saw it happening live. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this isn't happening. And, and the um, owner, like, the owner of the car, it looks like the owner of the the rental car, whoever's car that that thing smashed into the hood of, um, looks like it. I, I was told got to kiss the bricks. After, oh wow! After <laughs> that, yeah, Dude. yeah. So I'm, I no guess kidding. Uh, normally that's only wow. for the winners of the Indy 500 guys. So mm. if you get your front of your car smashed by a front tire, you get to kiss the bricks also. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think I'd rather be okay with not kissing the bricks under those circumstances. But yeah, I mean, you imagine, I mean, oh, dude, if that thing would have went in the stands, I mean, those tires are heavy. It was going extremely fast. So thank goodness that everyone was safe and okay. But yeah, it was a wild, it was a wild weekend. And that dude, they kept having those red flags. I'm like, I knew it was going to just be mass chaos at the end right there in the pack racing. But, uh, Nevertheless, and then NAS, you know, coming down to NASCAR too, I think that they were they were debating also about the what was three to go or two to go, and they had a red flag, and they were going to maybe do a restart or just have it finished right. out. And um, oh, yeah. good for, good on them for the fans doing it for. I think I don't know what the actual rules are in that situation, but I would hate to see a yellow caution all the way around and then have it finish out with the yellow caution. So they regridded them, you know, pulled them into into in the pit area and then let them go for for three laps. So that was that was good to see. It was all yep. balls to the wall of those last three laps in, in, the, in the 600 too. That's right. Uh, well, Hangtown, uh, I always liked riding Hangtown. Hangtown was always fun for me uh, as far as uh, look what I'm looking forward to. A lot of the same. I, I think that we are going to see some great – we're going to be treated to some great battles uh, between the two Honda teammates and the 450 class as far as, uh, you know, the, the, the guys, you know, outside of, of Chase and, and Jet. I mean, there are still a lot of great opportunities for, for Webb, for AP, for, for Dylan. Those guys, hey, those guys are no slouches. Everyone don't sleep on their skills. So I'm looking forward to see, uh, see how it's going to be. I think it's going to be a game of uh, – it's a mental game at this point. Uh, and the 250, we already talked about it. A lot to look forward to. 
uh, between the front runners and those those fourth to eleventh place, dude, it's, it's going to be an epic battle. It's I still it's still early in the season to really be stamping uh, a whole lot of people outside of the top two, in my opinion. What do you think? It is. I think it's early in the season, and I think with the with Chase's second moto there, I think if you would have had two motos, two first motos, um, or a, the first moto like Jet had, if Jet would have been able to repeat that moto two. Um, you know, maybe some uh, a blow to, to, to Chase's confidence. But I see now that Chase was able to hang on and hang on to, to Jet's coattails really close till the checkered yeah. flag in that second moto. Yeah. I think now that's that carrot now is, is even bigger in front of Chase. And, and why I say that is because, like I said, if, if, if it would have went down like first moto, would have happened second moto, then he, I think the balloon would be a little deflated for, for him. But now I think that he, it's very achievable. He knows that he can run that pace um, with Jet, and he showed it in the second moto. Just wasn't just wasn't enough. But um, you know, I think with these other tracks coming up, I think we definitely could see some swaps in the moto finishes. There you go. I think it's going to be a lot a lot to look forward to. Are you going? I am going up Tangtown. Yes, I will be there. Sweet, sweet. Well, all right, dude. That's another one. It was a good yeah. one. Uh, to all of our viewers, listeners, uh, thank you very much for all your support, all your questions, man. It was uh, This was a good one this week. Um, hey, m remember, please subscribe wherever you listen to your uh, podcast. We're on all uh, podcast applications. Um, or you can watch it on Motorsports, on NBC, their YouTube page, Peacock, as always. And it's on demand on Peacock, so pretty cool. You can go on there. And then, uh, like I said, your favorite applications. Remember, like, subscribe, comment. We're also on Instagram, and if you got some questions too, hit up uh, RV on his uh, Instagram, myself right. as well. We love the interaction. You guys are uh, what makes it fun for us. Um, and again, our, our great sponsors, United Motorsports, Quadlock Case, and Boxo USA. We appreciate you guys, RV. We're going to have a darn good week. It's going to be a short week since we recorded today on Tuesday, but nevertheless, uh, keep, uh, like I said, we, we appreciate the sport, listening, and uh, watching and uh, keep that interaction going. So, RV, we'll do it again next week, my friend. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, guys.